If the Denver Broncos want to make it six straight wins, they're going to have to get it done on the road against the Houston Texans. We're breaking down this matchup on a crossover Thursday edition, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a crossover Thursday edition, Locked on Broncos, Locked on Texans. This crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And it is an exciting weekend for both Texans fans and Broncos fans as these two teams face off at a, with records of six and five. I think if you would have said that 10, 11 weeks ago, that these two teams would be showing down six and five. I think a lot of fans would have called you crazy, but Hey, the Broncos and the Texans are right here in the playoff hunt. And it is, I mean, two teams that are playing really good football and, and Gosh, the Texans have been so impressive, John. I'm really excited to be chatting about this game with you. But before we break yes, this down, I want to give yes. a huge shout out and say thank you to all the listeners of Locked On Broncos, Locked On Texans. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every single day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where you know it's free and available anywhere that you listen to podcasts, your team every day. John, hit me with the biggest storylines for the Texans this week. I think I kind of have an idea. Of course, we're talking playoffs a little bit here, but yeah. What's your what's your side of the story here? I mean, I've been loving watching the Texans play this season. CJ Stroud has been very fun for Broncos fans included to watch him play. A lot of fans loved him coming out, of course. Tell me the biggest storylines for the Houston Texans going into this week 13 showdown. Before I talk about biggest storylines, I'm going to let you know the amount of smoke type of jokes because we're playing the Denver Broncos. We know what Denver. We we know what goes on in Denver. Like I opened up the show with the smoke. The amount of those little, ugh, I'm going to throw in this episode, man, Girl. crazy. But uh, I think the biggest storyline right now, not I think the biggest storyline right now for Houston, Titus Howard is out for the season. George Fent missed practice Wednesday. Laramie Tulsa, for a lot of people who may not know, is still battling a knee issue that seems to get a little bit worse by each game. So the biggest storyline for Houston right now is heading into this matchup, the Denver Broncos have done a very good job of getting after quarterbacks and creating turnovers because of some of the pressures. And they have a great secondary led by Patrick Sertain. <clears throat> but I think how is Houston going to protect their franchise quarterback? The last couple of games has not been the prettiest for this Texans offensive line. I do think that C.J. Stroud has accounted for some of those sacks because of his play. The Texans offensive line went on a three to four game stretch where they didn't allow a sack during the early parts of the season. But now you're seeing this start to break down. They are getting the guy back in Juice Scruggs, who had an opportunity, the rookie, to play a little bit last week. But, you know, this is only going to be his second game of his NFL career, his start, first starting game going up against a good defensive front right now that's been hot, red hot in the last five games. And so, I think that's the biggest storyline for Houston is just kind of overcoming these injuries, finding a way to do so. They've done it in the past. Can you do it again? Can you do it against another red hot team, right? Five in a row protecting your quarterback. Are you able to kind of hash out some of the issues and fight through it 
<clears throat> and get a win on, on Sunday. That's the biggest storyline that I think right now. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's really important. Obviously, you want to make sure that C.J. Stroud is able to do what he's done well all season, distribute the ball around the field. I mean, as I look at the Texans up and down the list, it's like, you know, Tank Dell, Nico Collins, Dalton Schultz. I mean, even Noah Brown, right? I mean, the Dallas Cowboys got to be kicking themselves for letting a couple of those guys go. But uh, for the Denver Broncos, John, it's really it's really simple. Can you keep it going? Can you get it to six games, this winning streak that you're on right now? And really, I think a lot of that is going to have to do with whether or not you can stay as physical as you've been. You mentioned the Houston Texans right now dealing with some injuries up front. The Denver Broncos, on the other hand, have been relatively healthy all season long, which is abnormal for them. They've had a lot of issues with injuries in recent years, but they're actually, John, I don't know if you've been seeing this trending on Twitter. They've actually been called Dirty Denver the last couple of weeks for the, the way that they've been playing against the Browns. And Kareem! The Kareem! We don't Kareem get a to play it. Kareem it was a former Texan. I know yeah. it. I know it, man. He really, gosh, Kareem, he really capitalized. He's been blazing it up out there with those. He's been a lot of blazing. He's a trailblazer. He's a blazer. He really is. He really is. He's making his presence felt when he gets the opportunity. Unfortunately, the NFL is trying to, you know, really get him out of the mix. there, kind of making an example of Kareem, which is sad. I know for Broncos and Texans fans, both to see as Kareem was a longtime Texan there. But yeah, they've been getting accused of being a dirty team, which is kind of a big storyline going into this game because there is a microscope, it feels like, on the Denver Broncos right now. And what does that mean? Well, that means obviously Kareem Jackson, he got suspended after a hit that he laid on Vikings quarterback Joshua Dobbs. But then you saw against the Cleveland Browns this past weekend, John, a couple of personal foul penalties, very questionable calls against the Broncos. You can't help but wonder... Is the officiating kind of targeting these guys? Or are they watching them a little too closely right now? And how much will that play a factor? Because it didn't cost them the game against Cleveland. It didn't cost them the game against Minnesota. It wasn't even called against Minnesota. In fact, the entire officiating crew didn't determine that to be a penalty. The Kareem Jackson hit that got him suspended for four games. But for the Broncos, that that. You know, I guess they're kind of embracing being called dirty, being labeled dirty. A lot of people are bringing up, you know, skeletons from Sean Payton's closet of the bounty gate and things like that. So there's a lot of people out there that are accusing the Broncos of playing a certain way. And really, it's just this team has finally gotten the the physicality that it's needed to win games. And so I'm with you. I think it's going to be fascinating to see how do they attack CJ Stroud in this game? Can they keep their winning streak going and really are they going to be able to go on the road? They've got a couple big wins at home. Can you go on the road now and get it done? Do you think Sean Payton, um, based off what we've seen from his his history, do you think that he is a chronic line pusher? I, I don't know. That's a great question because, hey, I mean, he certainly takes as many measures as possible to win. Is he pushing the is he pushing the boundaries? I kind of I think of Bill Belichick more as the poster guy for that when you think of, you know, pushing the lines, pushing the boundaries and things like that. But I think, look, you got to play physical in order to dominate in the trenches in today's NFL. You want these guys to go out there and do whatever they can to make plays, of course, within the confines of the rules. And we saw Baron Browning. I mean, he hit uh, Cleveland Browns quarterback P.J. Walker square in the chest in this last game that the Broncos played and he came out in full speed, but because he came out in full speed, 
even though he didn't land on him, even though he didn't hit him with the crown of the helmet or in the head neck area, he still gets called for the penalty. So I think they're coaching him to really be as aggressive as possible. But the Broncos are also one of those teams in the league right now. They're, they're among the league leaders in missed tackles. So I guess you can only pick so many battles, right, if you're the NFL. And so I think it'll be fascinating to see whether that microscope does continue this week against the Houston Texans. And we are going to break down specific matchups in this game. Should be some fun ones. Of course, we teased C.J. Stroud against this Denver defensive front. What about... Every single week, we look at a Pat Sertan matchup. Obviously, Tank Dell and Nico Collins playing some great football for the Texans this season. How will that matchup play out? We're going to break it down all coming up here on this Crossover Thursday edition, Locked on Broncos and Locked on Texans. This Crossover Thursday episode of Locked on Broncos, Locked on Texans is brought to you by Prize Picks. The football season, it's in full swing, but basketball season is also here, and you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for these combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can take LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo of three pointers made and receptions. You can do fun stuff like that, or you may play along with some of your favorite uh, rappers like Meek Mill, maybe a comedian like Andrew Schultz. You can find these guys in community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks communities. You can go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100 price picks daily fantasy sports made easy. We're going to talk about some big time matchups in this game, including potentially the trenches for Denver going up against that offensive line, maybe a little banged up for the Texans, some matchups at receiver for Houston and the secondary of Denver. I can't wait to break it down, but Hey, John, we got to give a, another shout out to everyday listeners of the shows locked on Broncos locked on Texans. So grateful for every single one of you joining us, however you choose to do so free and available everywhere that you listen to podcasts, as well as you can find us on YouTube where I don't know how it is for Texans fans this year, John, but it's been a blast for Broncos fans jumping in the comment section over there on oh, YouTube, man, getting to amazing. sound off after victory. So I'm sure it's been fun for you guys as well. And I'm looking forward to hearing from your perspective in this game. Of course, the Texans dynamic passing attack this season. What matchups in this game are you specifically looking most <clears throat> forward to as the Broncos come to town? Yeah, it's, it's two matchups. Actually, number one, with this banged-up offensive line, it's definitely going to be how can play calling help out the O-line matching up against that front four, front seven for the, the Broncos, right? So, and I go back to the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going into that game. Everybody was kind of afraid <clears throat> of Alex Highsmith and T.J. Watt, that duo. They didn't allow a sack in that game. And that's a large part of that is due to how much – the tight ends were incorporated in terms of blocking, helping out that offensive line, whether it was a chip here or a combo block on the head or just making it very difficult, getting the ball out quickly to kind of negate what those two players do defensively. I'm curious to see how Houston is going to game plan around just kind of allowing the game to not get out of hand because of the amount of pressures and hits that your quarterback receives. Number two, talking about the quarterback, quarterback that's coming from California and we're playing Denver, you know, this was a blue dream for a lot of people. 
going into the playoffs, like the playoffs for the Houston Texans, that was a blue dream for so many people. <laughs> but how can CJ Stroud, you know, not have the turnovers, kind of limit the turnovers? He's had a couple in the last few games. At one point, he was going on a streak of no interceptions. You know, how can he make sure that he limits that? Because Denver, I think in the last five games, is it 15 turnovers you guys have created or something yeah, like that? Yeah. It's crazy yeah. how this defense has kind of flipped from 70 points allowed to the Miami Dolphins to uh, I think the Jets were the last game they allowed 30 points. So mm-hmm. that's correct. How can CJ limit those turnovers? How can Houston continue to build off what they were able to do last week, three or three in the red zone. This game is going to come down to point score like all NFL games. And I think that you cannot take for granted just how good this defense is. So I definitely want to see CJ get back to his form of controlling the ball, uh, taking care of the ball, not turning the ball over and getting points on the board. Houston needs sevens and not threes in order to win this game to go to seven to five and not be six and six. That's kind of a, you could copy and paste that and say that for Denver. I mean, it's really been amidst this five-game winning streak, a lot of the story of, hey, where can they still improve? Of course, you're winning games, which is great, but maybe you should have beaten teams like Buffalo, even Kansas City or Minnesota by more points. The reason people are saying that in Broncos country is because the Broncos have left quite a few points out there on the field in terms of not cashing in either in the red zone or off of turnovers or a combination of those two things. And it's really been a struggle for them to to capitalize and and put seven points on the board instead of three. They almost beat the Vikings exclusively with field goals from Will Lutz. And so it was it's really been uh, kind of similar for Denver in that regard. And I think for uh, for them offensively, that is going to be a matchup to watch in this game. Can the Broncos receivers create separation against the Texans defensive backs? And can Russell Wilson really air it out in this game as needed. The Broncos have emphasized the run quite a bit in recent weeks, which I think we will continue to see against Houston, but Russell might be asked to do a little bit more in this particular game to, as you said, put seven points on the board instead of three. I look at a matchup in this game that's been kind of a weak link for the Denver Broncos almost every single week, and it's their run defense going up against Houston's rushing attack. It's really been tough. I mean, and teams aren't exploiting it as much as they probably should, to be honest with you, John. And so I think as I look at it's exactly it. I mean, it's it's such a key to this matchup because you look at Houston's numbers this season on third down. They're one of the best third down teams in the entire NFL, sixth in the league, converting 44% of their third down opportunities offensively. The Broncos have been much, much better third downs defensively in recent weeks. But if if the Texans are able to run the ball on the early downs and get into favorable situations on third down, it's going to be one of those bend don't break types of games for Denver. Whereas you really want to be able to shut down the run early and force the ball ironically into CJ Stroud's hands. Now, CJ can beat the Broncos by himself. I mean, he could go out there and spread the ball around. He could make accurate throws. He could beat good coverage with a better throw. But you really want to force the ball into his hands because that is the Broncos' strength defensively is rushing the passer, creating turnovers, playing good coverage. Pat Sertan, Justin Simmons, Fabian Moreau, Jaquan McMillan, all these guys on the back end for Denver 
as well as P.J. Locke, who played a great game this past weekend. Those guys are ball hawks in the secondary. They're aggressive. They're getting their hands on the ball. They're playing great coverage. You want to force the ball into Stroud's hands in this game and allow your strength of your defense to shine as opposed to letting them bleed out the entire clock by running the ball all day long. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I think just to kind of piggyback off of that, I think that when you look at Houston, they don't have a CMC. Nobody has a CMC, but the 49ers, but they don't have a clear cut definitive number one running back, which is again, half of the league. Uh, You guys, I think I love um, what what Booker and uh, what's my man name? Uh, Cullif, the the uh, oh second. yeah, J- Jalil McLaughlin. M- McLaughlin, excuse me, McLaughlin. I love that duo. The Houston they kind of have a system like that, not as good, of course. But I, I look at the Minnesota game where you guys allowed, I think, one seventy three on the ground between Madison and 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 Chandler. Like those are kind of similar to what Houston has here. And Devin Singletary, who we know is a vet long time for the uh, for the uh, Buffalo Bills and second year man, Damian Pierce, who's coming back. So I do think this is a perfect opportunity for Houston to kind of settle in a little bit, too. The hype around CJ is real. And you definitely want to see him have one of those moments. But if you can make his job easier because the run game is allowing you to be second in, in five or four instead of second and seven against a, a run defense that's allowing 155 on the ground, then that's the, I think that's a good route to uh, to look into and, and a good way to exploit that defense, kind of limit turnovers, kind of limit sacks and pressures. So I am looking forward to Houston doing that this Sunday. You know it's another great matchup in this game, John, is the chess match that will go on between Sean Payton, who calls the offense for Denver, and, of course, D'Amico Ryans, who was a – top candidate for the Broncos job. Of course, the ownership group really, really liked him in the process. And and I think the Broncos fan base was all aboard the D'Amico train as far as if it's not going to be a veteran head coach, it better be D'Amico Ryans. These two guys have really changed culture quickly for both the Broncos and Texans. What are your impressions? I know, obviously, I'm sure your listeners have heard this day after day. What's your impression so far of D'Amico Ryans after early rumors that he may not even want to interview for the job? He he took the job. He's done an amazing job. I've been really enjoying it. He's, He's just one of the, in my opinion, one of the best coaches in the league right now. What's been your impression of him on the sideline leading the charge? Do you believe in energy? That energy mm. trap. D'Amico, and I forget the equation, the scientific explanation of it, but D'Amico is energy can cannot uh cannot stay still. It must travel, it must transfer. So that however, whatever that equation is, and I'm a long way from high school science, by the way. <laughs> uh, but whatever that equation, that's D'Amico. Like the moment he got to Houston, got back to Houston. When he started his career out here as a player, linebacker. The moment he returned through those doors, energy cannot die. It, can, it only was transferred to one guy, then that guy to the next guy, then that guy to the player, and the player to the t- – that's what D'Amico Ryans has been. It's been from player to ownership to ownership to, to press box media members to fan bases through the TV screen. That's what D'Amico Ryans has been. And – for a franchise that was lifeless for three seasons, 
did not have that energy for three seasons. Four and 12, four and 12, three, 13 and one. All hope was lost here in the city of Houston. And so D'Amico was just a franchise lifesaver because of what he was bringing, man. I mean, the red carpet, they rolled out for him, the red tiles, the cap t-shirts, everything, man. D'Amico has been absolutely 100% without a shadow of a doubt, the right decision and move. And I think we're looking around the league and we're seeing, you know, teams look at former NFL players like Dan Campbell in Detroit, the job that he's done in three years, uh, Antonio Pierce. I don't know if he gets the job moving forward, but he's a former linebacker, Super Bowl champion with the New York Jets. You're seeing that locker room totally different and that energy that he has right now. So I look at D'Amico and I think the connection from the players is there. He always talks about wanting to build men, wanting to build family men, great character guys. You know, that is a guy that is leading your group of young men. And he's done a phenomenal job. He's a modern style coach. He listens. He makes adjustments on the fly. And he sometimes he's on that sideline and you think he is going to suit up. Like That's how much energy he's bringing on game day through training camp. He's been godsend for this franchise. And for I think both of these teams, right? Yeah, it's God sends for both of these teams, right? I mean, you see the results on the sideline and, and in the locker room and with how the players are responding, right? That's exactly what you want to see. It's it's really been encouraging, and I think it's it's great for Texans fans. It's great for Broncos fans, and it's great for the NFL because, look, they, they had to bump this game up. They wanted more viewers, right? It was in the three-ish window in the afternoon. I guess that's central time where I am, but hey, – they bumped it to the 12 noon central time window because I think that there's a there's a game between the Eagles and 49ers going on or something like that. But look, the NFL is getting eyes on this game as many as they can by flexing it into the early slot. And we're going to talk about what's got to happen if the Texans are going to win this game. What's got to happen if the Broncos are going to win this game. We're going to break that down coming up next here on a crossover Thursday edition. Locked on Broncos, locked on Texans. This is also a great time to tell you guys about DoorDash. This Sunday, I'm going to be in the press box. But normally, I'm at home. When I'm at home with a newborn baby, I don't feel like cooking. I don't feel like leaving the house because I'm kind of late, and I may just be getting up right around the time the game's kicking off. But I still got to eat something. I still want to snack on something. This is where DoorDash comes in. Right now, get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more dollars on your first order with DoorDash. Just download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCK23. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-2-3. The game going to timeout. Time to order with DoorDash. Is it halftime? That's ordering time. Two-minute warning. This is your warning to order with DoorDash. Pizza, wings, soda, burgers, and they even got your local favorites. My personal local favorite right now. Big Kitchen Creole here in Humble, Texas. They got it on there. And some of the best food delivered to your door, your comfort, without even moving. So, again, download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCK23. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-2-3. Enter that promo code on the DoorDash app to receive 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more dollars on your first order. And before we move on to talk about the keys to victory for the Denver Bronco-Houston game this Sunday, I got to mention FanDuel. Listen, right now, 
I know it's cold outside, but FanDuel can leave your pockets with the month of May. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet right now. That's $150 right in your pocket if your team wins. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. So do me a favor. Take time out of your day. Pull out your phone. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get in the mix of the NFL season right now because FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. As we jump into the fourth quarter of today's crossover Thursday edition, Locked On Broncos, Locked On Texans, one of once again, just give a huge shout out to all of you everyday listeners of the show. You know that you can find us free and available anywhere that you listen to podcasts right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And John, for Texans fans, if they're going to come away from this game with a seven and five record after Sunday, what has got to happen. If nothing else happens, this has got to happen for these guys to get a win. They have to control the time of possession. And in order for Houston to do that, they got to run the ball. You have not heard that a lot from local media members here in Houston. You haven't heard that from national media members around the country. You probably haven't heard that for the past two years. But for Houston to win this game, they have to control the clock. They have to run the ball effectively. Essentially, especially with a banged-up offensive line, and C.J. Stroud limped off the field a couple of times last week. Essentially, they got to do what the Denver Broncos have been doing for, for Russell Wilson. right? When we need you to make a play, make the play. But I don't think this is a game where – they put for all four quarters all of the pressure on their rookie quarterback. In the past two years, three years, actually, since DJ Reader left, this has been a team that teams have been traditionally been able to run on. So take advantage of what teams have been able to take advantage of you on in the past. You know how it feels. I think they should run the ball. I think we should see some a good doses of play action. And I think when it's time for CJ to be CJ, then he does it. But Take it easy and, and and abuse what this team is not doing well, which is stopping the run. I think you're spot on with that. And, and if that if that does happen, that doesn't really bode well for the Denver Broncos. Of course, they're a team that runs the ball a lot. It's not necessarily an explosive high octane offense to where, hey, if the Texans are able to play some ball control and they jump out to an early two score lead, that really mm-hmm. doesn't play into the way the Broncos like to kind of grind things out. So it would be really tough for them to overcome, I think, an early deficit. I think for the Broncos to come away with a win in this game, they've got to force the Texans into a few three and outs early on offensively. They've got to make sure they get off the field. They cannot allow them to be the sixth best team in the NFL in terms of converting third downs offensively. It's got to be, hey, we're we're going to pressure you. We're going to stop the run on early down. So we're going to make you think twice about throwing it at any of our guys, much less Pat Sertan. And so it, it's going to be fascinating to see how they match up PS2 and move him around the field. Does he follow Tank Dell? Are they going to put him on the bigger Nico Collins? That makes a lot of sense to me with what we've seen. So 
I think that's really a key for the Broncos in this game is getting off the field early. Don't let the Texans jump you. Don't let them get all over you by, you know, 10 nothing or even 7 nothing. You've got to make sure that you are the aggressor as you were against Cleveland and that you dictate pace of the game. Because, John, I think really these teams are going to try to do similar things on both sides. The Broncos and the Texans, they're going to want to play ball control. They're going to want to limit turnovers. You're going to want to be the best team running the ball and taking care of the ball. So you think special teams could maybe be a difference in this one? Maybe maybe that's where we get one of our biggest plays. I know Marvin Mims mm. has been outstanding as a return man. That could be one of the biggest areas of this game is special teams. I know the both teams, I think, are dealing with some issues at the kicker position. If if I oh, read man, that please correctly, don't bring that up. Goodness gracious. So, <laughs> I think I got a tryout for kicker this week. You and me both. Hey, one, one of us <laughs> might as well go out there and see what can happen. It's too bad neither team has Justin Reed. He seems to be pretty good at, at kicking uh, field goals. So, But, hey, I think that could be something to watch as well. Special teams in this game. We talk about playing ball control. We talk about protecting the ball. How about, you know, Will Lutz popping up on the injury report for the Broncos this week and, and Texans dealing with something similar? I mean, special teams could end up being a factor. Could be. I think overall for Houston, this is a red hot team in Denver coming into the to the NRG Stadium. They're going to be bringing the smoke, and for Houston, you got to bring that smoke back. It needs to be a lot of smoke brought in the NRG Stadium this Sunday. And at the end of the game, I think Houston should be the one that to come out on come out on top. But this is a tough team, and when when when, when the amount of smoke is brought to this session. Who knows who's going to win this game? But I do think this is a game that can go either way. And I think this is going to be a close game, uh, not like a division field, but a division result. And I can see this yeah. being a three-score game. Yeah, it's a huge game, isn't it? I mean, both of these teams need this tiebreaker at the end of the season or they need this AFC victory to potentially separate themselves at the end of the year. So I know the Broncos are three and four against AFC opponents this year. This would be a huge, huge win for them, especially going on the road as they begin a three game road trip. And we'll see what happens this weekend. It's going to be a very, very fun matchup between two teams that have been surprisingly good this season. The Broncos coming back from starting one and five and Houston coming off of a you know really tough finish last year to now be a potential playoff team in the AFC. And you know we've got your back here, Locked On Broncos, Locked On Texans, every single day. And you can also check out the Locked On Network has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's called Locked On Sports Today, and it's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus national shows covering every single league. So go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. We appreciate you, Broncos and Texans fans, for tuning in to this crossover Thursday edition of our shows, and we will see all of you soon.